Welcome back, everybody. We are back. It is Mission Daily. You know, we got this great question that came in, and it's going to change the subject of our day today. But someone asked, hey, why are you guys talk about parenting so much? You know, most people might assume Mission Daily only talks about business and some of the things that we're seeing, current events that are impacting us. This story is about building a small business. But I sat back and I thought to myself and talked with Steph, and we really think there's probably a lot of truth to this. I have no data to back this up, but the way you parent is probably kind of indicative of how you run a business. Like, how do we solve problems? How do you approach problem solving? I made a joke with Steph that I kind of have this mentality where I just want to steamroll through problems, like just deal with it or minimize them. And Steph, and I do that for all three of my kids. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie has a more tailored approach, I would say. Uh, She has a more tailored approach. She recognizes that her children have different personalities, whereas Big Al's like, I don't care what your personality is. This is a problem. Just deal with it. Suck it up. (laughs) Right? That's so you. (laughs) Stephanie has... Stephanie has a much different approach, probably more loving approach. Um, (laughs) Do my kids think I love them? I think on certain days they do. They know you love them. (laughs) But I do think actually when you brought this up, I'm like, it made me think about team building and how, you know, how to pull together a good team. Because I think actually, yes, if you think about our parenting styles, it is very different. I am a lot. I'm very, very thoughtful with how I operate as a parent. I think about every single scenario. I think about individual needs and I think about what something could turn into, how how a problem could compound. Whereas for you, you, you know, in the business and at home are very much like, you're sad about this? Here's the answer. You need this? Here's the opportunity, whatever it might be. Yeah. And actually it works well with us working together. So I think you're, yeah, how you parent, it could be also maybe how you parent your dog, your goldfish, yeah. whatever, like yeah. spread it out to everything. It doesn't have to be kids. But how you do one thing, I think, is how you do everything. Especially when it comes to problem solving. Because how you have fun, like, who cares how you have fun? Like, that's not a problem. Like, you don't have all fun. The equivalent of having fun in business is probably, hey, cash flow per employee is super high. You have plenty of discretionary cash to make do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a, a company trip or gifts or whatever bonuses, it doesn't matter. Uh, you're you're feeling, feeling great. But a true, especially in small business, your true metal is built when things are bad and things are down. And so I will cover really quickly what I do, but that Steph has more a much more thoughtful approach. But I'll use the example of schooling. I've literally never considered putting my kid in another school, even though my school, my public schools are rated a D. Uh, so I live in a town where the current public school is like a D-rated public school. Uh, they compete for this. You know, they're very good at football, but uh, they, they're they not – it's not good for academics. But I was raised and, – and it's it's bled over where I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter how bad your school is. Every kid goes to that school. Some of them are successful. How do we make you successful? And so that's how I came upon Kumon. And I stuck my kids in Kumon, even though they complained. If they were, to, if you were to ask them right now, we'll use my fourteen-year-old because he's uh, he's about to enter high school. He would tell you that he did not have fun growing up with me, like just telling him to deal with it, suck Aww. it up, and get it done, right? But he's also, but it doesn't mean he doesn't like me. Like I, we still have a good relationship, but we don't yell at each other or anything like that. But like, you know, I and my wife gets on my back too. She's like, not everything is about toughness; just dealing with problems. And I'm like, maybe that's true. Because yeah. I kind of push all three of my kids that direction. And, you know, the other two are more sensitive. Uh, and then my oldest one is more thoughtful, but he's kind of quiet maybe because I steamrolled him. I don't know. But 
<laughs> we'll find out when they're older if I've done something. But that's generally how I deal with problems. I was like, hey, here's the problem. This is the, where it is. The only way is through or do something else completely. That's kind of my mentality. I really only ever have two viable options and solutions. Whereas Stephanie is more, hey, there are many ways to solve this problem. And I'm like, what are they? Because <laughs> I kind of give her, this is the one that we could do. And then she'll be like, that sounds brutal. Let me see what else we can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what's can be good about your, I mean, there's two things. What can be good about your approach is that you have a quick solution. And especially if I'm coming to something in a more emotional state, it can be helpful having someone who's like, here's what it looks like, black or white. Yeah. Um, when it comes to parenting, I don't know, because I will say there are a lot of men who I think struggle later in life because they uh, were not able to deal with their emotions. And I think that's why there's a lot of men in this world today who did have parents who basically were like, suck it up. And then they get to their <laughs> older true. life and they're not someone that I'd want to maybe date, but we will see. Um, By the I way, I saw a, a stat about how many more single people there are nowadays, men and women. Um, yeah. It, keep, it keeps getting larger. Uh, people are off putting or putting off marriage till much later, mm -hmm. um, kids much later. It, and we all know that the birth rates here in the United States are falling quite rapidly, but it's, uh, you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. The fact and that I, most men are just taught to deal with it. Yeah. And I, I actually do think, at least here in Austin and other places, I do see a very large shift to, and maybe that's where my mindsets are different because I see a different way of working with boys and I have three boys and I've just read a lot about how, to really, you know, let them lean into their emotions and work through them and be with them in it. And so, yeah, I am a lot more careful when it comes to, like you said, not treating them differently. But if you zoom out and you think about business, like I think it's helpful to have both sides to that. I think it's helpful to have someone like you who can be like, hey, here's the problem, here's the solution. And then me to come in with like, okay, well, that one feels too aggressive or our team members' feelings are hurt because they don't feel heard. And so how can we come in and bring multiple solutions and let the best idea win, um, but just be a little bit more thoughtful and thinking outside the box and giving yourself time and space to be able to think about what could the solutions be? Because what I've realized is that most things that feel like an emergency, if you take a breath and you zoom out, they're actually not that much of an emergency as you might feel in that moment. I mean, we've seen that so many times when this company has almost gone bankrupt dozens of times. We've had bank issues. We've had <laughs> sponsor dozens. issues. I mean, it feels like, oh no, more <laughs> than one time. More than one time. I feel like we've had a couple close calls where this company would definitely not have survived. Okay, so if you forecast the fall and you make a change, I don't consider that close. Close mm -hmm. is to me, hey, you didn't forecast it or uh, you don't really have a plan other than to cross your fingers and hope things work out. Okay. A lot um, of people wouldn't so, have had a plan. Like, we, so that's, that's what true. I'm thinking. I'm like many people in those same scenarios, the company could have gone under had you not had the correct plan. So I guess I'm thinking about how many times we had to make a call that ended up being the right call, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking about those moments. Well, where yeah, it was very right close. as measured by, did you have more time? I mean, I mean, so like there's there's some people that talk about, especially in small business where, so by the way, this recession is going to reveal a lot of, a lot of these business gurus don't know shit, but that's separate. Uh, <laughs> the, a business is quite simple. In, in in one regard, in that is that as long as you have more cash flow coming in than going out, you will make it. And so your ability to forecast diminished cash flow 
if you can shrink your expenses in time, typically you bring yourself timeline. And that timeline allows you to create new ways to generate revenue or new customers to bring in revenue. And so that's what you're looking for. It's only when you run out of time that you're done, right? When you run out of time and you cannot generate more sales to cover your expenses, you are finished. Um, that's a reality. So like you said, we are, so far our ability to forecast, hey, things need to change or we need to pivot, we need to make expense cuts, we need to generate, because it's, you can see why companies default to cutting expenses because it's the impact is immediate, mm -hmm. right? The very second you cut expenses, you see that in your P&L within seconds. I mean, not seconds, but days. It doesn't yeah. take long at all. Changing the way you sell is much harder. Mm -hmm. You don't know when your revenue is coming in. You have an idea, but you don't actually know the answer. So that's kind of how we've been doing our pivots. We're keeping our eyes on the cash and being like, hey, when, when's, when do we forecast the fall? That's what caught us off guard really uh, in, in the winter was because we forecasted a fall of 50%, but it went to 100%. So we weren't prepared and it shrunk our timeline. Yeah. So yeah. bad. Yeah. But I think- the decisions you make in those moments though, that's where I think if you just take a pause, like even though it did feel like, oh my gosh, everything is burned down. We have nothing. Like, what do we do? Very panicky. It would have been easy to just try and make a very quick decision. Um, and which is your superpower. It's like making a very quick decision on like, okay, we obviously need to do this. Uh, but I think it was also helpful taking that pause and be like, okay, what do we actually want to do here? Like, I know it feels very emotional and we're talking about all these hard things and there's no need to make a instant decision because now we're on a very different trajectory. And I think it was a mix of, hey, let's, okay, that quick decision's good right now. And what do we want to create for the future? Like, let's actually make sure we're heading in the right direction. And anything that we're doing now is gonna lead to a spot that we wanna get into. Like we may, I know, you know, you and I were debating about like, what kind of business do we wanna be in? And I was always against being in a commodity business. You are very pro being in a commodity business because that's worked for you. And so we had different ways of doing it. And depending on that decision, our company may be in a very different spot had we been like, hey, let's just go this way. Let's just go the easier route because we know people want commodity services. Instead well, of being like- it's not easier. It's yeah. different, right? It's just it's different. different. My, yeah. my thought process originally was like, hey, let's just sell white label services because yeah. we know there's more demand for it, but there's less revenue. There's also less profit margin per job. And there's also quite competitive. You're really just competing. Yeah. And less excitement. on price. I mean, that was what was holding me up. Like There's the a lot less piece. excitement there. Yeah. And so we decided, hey- if we do, we don't actually want that business, but we'll have like a catch. Mm -hmm. So people, because people say, hey, I want a custom, I want this. But yeah. we did make the we'll decision. Help you, but yeah, we did make the collective decision. Like we are still going to go after custom podcasts to tell a story for brands that have customers that are hard to reach. That is still our business model. How we were going to accommodate for the current um, economic conditions where the, we weren't requiring as big of a commit up front to say like, hey, you can take a, you know, you don't have to eat the whole apple. You can just take a bite. Uh, but we did stick true to the uh, the ethos, which is we make long form or multi-episode podcast stories tailored to your audience. That was the decision to, to go down. And it's it's not, and like I always say, it's not good or bad. It's just what you choose, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. plenty of companies have made a lot of money doing commodity services. Yeah. Yeah. It's a be, different thing. Yeah. And I also think the one thing that I like to keep in mind too is that every founder, CEO, whatever is very different. And so I know for me personally, 
if I'm not excited about it, I actually, it would be really hard for me to want to grow a company, for me to want to do that thing. Like I have to be excited about the stories we're telling, the partnerships we have. Um, there has to be something that gets me to wake up every day and be like, I want to grow this. And so I think that was, yeah, just knowing that about myself helps me drive decisions, even if they're a little bit harder and like a bigger uphill battle to get into the space that we want to be in. Um, I would rather do that than maybe take an easier route, easier-ish um, with more demand, knowing that like even if we make a lot of money in that area, I won't have the ambitions and excitement to want to create a great business. Whereas I think maybe yeah. you actually can work in those spaces and be totally fine. Like businesses that are maybe a little more boring or just more predictable, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like this is how I live, you know, this is not the right way, but it is how I kind of parent and how, kind of how I make business decisions is like, I look for, I actively, I think Sigmund Freud said it, right? There's only two types of people that people that actively seek pleasure and people that avoid displeasure. And I would say I actually, get pleasure out of avoiding this pleasure. Uh, so I actually am a fusion of them, but the things I like the most are what I consider. Uh, I, I mentioned it before in previous episodes, but I call it binary decisions. Either it's exceptional or it's just not done. And I like in that realm because I feel like it's predictable. I understand my problems are predictable. The complex nature of enterprise effectively is that you're usually solving a very complicated problem. So uh, whether it's software, whether it's services, whether it's making a podcast. You're going to have different opinions, different impacts, different outcomes, some people, varying degrees of success. Some people view it as success. Some people won't. Um, people measure it differently. So it's always a challenge to explain its value or understand its value. Whereas businesses like uh, I always talk about uh, windshield repair. Windshield repair is actually quite, is the best to me uh, because you have a cracked windshield. I replaced it. You're happy. Five stars, zero stars. There's, there's no in between. Like if you look at a windshield review, windshield replacement company, that's all they get, fives or zeros. Uh, only only get zeros when they don't do it. Because um, otherwise they get five. But so I like that. I like the idea of constantly avoiding displeasure. That's why I actually hate retail because retail is nonstop problems, like complaints. Even though you think it should be a transaction. Oh, I sold you a... Um, you know, I sold you a white T-shirt. Oh, it doesn't fit right. Oh, I got it dirty. Or someone's trying to defraud me. It's constant displeasure. So I don't like those things. I like the way you think in regards to like creating something of outsized value because anything is outsized value, it's going to be worth its margin. I think, I don't know if we work well, and this is part of it that makes us work well, but like, because you're chasing that and I'm chasing the avoidance of problems, maybe it creates a nice, happy medium. Mm -hmm. But I, I do agree without you, I would not seek to solve big, complicated problems. <laughs> we're, such, we're such a good sandwich together. I would rather just sell fried chicken sandwiches like Chick-fil-A that people like. I know you would. <laughs> or run a franchise. I mean, you actually said it before, which I thought was quite telling. It's like, you thought the idea of owning a franchise would be not exciting. It's someone else's playbook. It's actually quite limiting. Yep. You could have a great idea and they'd be like, it's not on brand. Yeah. Uh, you, you could possibly That bores want me. Like, oh, I can't even think about going in and someone being like, this is the playbook, stick with it. And I'd be like, but what about, uh, what about? Uh, I would be, and no. meanwhile, I'd be like, check. Yeah, check, check, check. I did my 10 steps. I know. Yeah, so. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, you're the type of person that would walk in with Jimmy John's and be like, why don't we have a heating element so we can sell hot sandwiches? Because hot sandwiches sell better and have better margins than cold sandwiches. And I'm the kind of guy that would be like, no, the model works. We do cold sandwiches. We don't do hot sandwiches. I don't know, I don't know if anyone even knows that. Uh, so you guys, now you know, they don't do hot sandwiches. There's no heating yeah. elements. Well, that sucks for them because I like hot sandwiches. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do think this is interesting to explore and especially around whether it's what we talked about earlier, 
how you parent, how you parent anything, animals, yeah. kids, whatever. But also, how do you blend that into building out teams, building out your executive team and having people like, I wouldn't want more people on the team like me probably because that might not be that efficient. I wouldn't want more people on the team who are exactly like you because it might squash too many ideas. <laughs> but <laughs> there's Dream. a happy, yeah, there's like Dream. a happy medium. <laughs> yeah, so... Anyways, uh, I think it's an interesting concept and also a good reminder that anything that's happening in your personal life is probably going to impact your business. How it you're will. operating in your business, it's going to you know, impact your personal life. And so there is no division, at least for Albert and I, um, which is why this show is a wonderful mix of all those things. So. so there you go. That answers your questions. If you have any other questions for us, how we're operating mission, give us a shout. Info at mission.org. We are excited to bring you like we said in the last episode, the Lawrence Livermore National Labs sponsored show. Uh, join us as we uncover what they're uncovering. Sometimes it takes 60 years to figure this out, but they do groundbreaking scientific groundbreaking scientific breakthroughs. I guess that's the only type of groundbreaking there is. I don't know. But things that actually shift society, shift the way we live. Uh, they're not trying to put chat filters on apps. They are doing nuclear fission, generating energy out of lasers. Like, I mean, crazy stuff. The hap- 99% of what's written on their website, I have no clue what it is. No clue. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that is why we are here to help tell those stories. We are going to be the first that really brings a lot of these stories to light in a way that shows people how impactful this company is. So, And we got other things yeah. in the works, potentially. I hear oh, yes. some kids content. Yes, we have a lot of things in the works and we will let you know as we... Uh, get those partnerships rolling, but super exciting. We're glad you guys are here tuning in and following along on our epic journey. And we will see you guys in- Before we leave though, before we leave. Oh gosh. Stephanie, as a little girl, what stories (laughs) did you like as a child? Okay, so I was a really- I Don't tell a, me some sweet Valley twins. No, oh, man. no. That was actually my sister, but I read some interesting. Of I course it was. Okay. Of course it was. Yeah, she read a lot of books that I did not read. I was a mixed- it, man, okay. I was reading a lot of business books. I will admit it. I was reading really? the kind. Yeah, yeah. That was like we would go to the library. And my mom be like, "Get anything you want," and my sister would get those kind of books. Uh, my brother would get like comics, and I would be getting like how to start a jewelry business one hundred and one, how to think through finances. Like that was literally me and HTML for dummies, yeah. customizing that MySpace. I know. So yeah, I really like that kind of stuff, and then I would mix it in with like the Harry Potters and stuff. So I liked, when I was a kid, I liked Choose Your Own Adventures because I thought that was kind of fun. But I really liked, my favorite book growing up was My Side of the Mountain. And uh, for anyone who's ever read My Side of the Mountain, it's about the boy that just runs off and just lives in the woods. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'm sick of all y'all people. And he just carves a home into a tree and he's like. Oh, I read this. Yeah, I did read this too. He like gets his own pet falcon I'm like, yeah this guy is awesome this is kind of cool <laughs> that was a good book actually even for but like I, reading it now <laughs> but i do i i i the one thing if i could thematically theme it because you know you don't know what you're doing i'm just like 10 um but i like stories of independence for sure like mm-hmm. all the characters i read about were doing things for themselves and they yeah. seemingly didn't need someone else yeah and so i liked and they were also i mean you're a boy so you like being young where like the, like so I liked Hardy Boys. I liked mm-hmm. Tom Swift. I liked all the stories of like this young hero is like independent. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what I liked. Cool. All right, so you may see some of these kind of themes in our upcoming kids content that we're going to be putting out there. So yeah. with that, stay tuned. Till next time.
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.